With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In the next one. Okay, so this is part four of the seemingly never-ending podcast with, with Zach and Sid and me. And this is... The USA part of the Ariel USA, I have to say, because Zach, you want to tell people what the question was you posed in the roundtable? Okay, so this this uh, roundtable article will actually pop up on the site on Monday, so I don't know when exactly this podcast will pop up, but you'll get some context when you read that article on Monday. But I basically just asked from your respective national teams um, – who is your favorite player? And, and when I asked the question, we got, you know, we had Robin, who's English. Uh, we had, um, we've got Raul, who's Spanish. We got some Americans here. So I thought we'd have, you know, some good responses. So Alan flat out cheated on the question, which you'll see on Monday. Yes. And, and, and then Sid, Sid confused me on his answer. And then when we were discussing his answer, I said something that was flat out wrong. And that's what I want to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Sid is here to defend himself. Okay. Yeah. So when, when, when Zach says I cheated, yeah, that's right. I basically said, well, you know, I, I really um, watched Uruguay a lot more, you know, than, than the U S. So I ended up answering the question about Uruguay because I thought, you know, that made more sense to me. Um, but you chose, you chose Forlan Alan? No, actually I didn't. I, the guy that I, that I felt personified Uruguay was Diego Lugano. Okay. So I, I actually went for him, although I did point out that Forlan was the reason why I became an Uruguay fan in the first place. Indeed. One. So you kind of cheated on that one as well because, I did. uh, you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't give Forlan the credit he deserved for, I, for the answer. I mentioned him. I mentioned, <laughs> but you know, it was funny. I was remembering back. I don't, Sid, you probably don't remember this, but you remember when I was living in Massachusetts and I drove down to meet you and we were going to meet at some bar or something near, near your parents' house. And that was when the Copa America was going on that Uruguay won. I was remembering that when we, when I was writing, writing that. Um, anyway, and, and all the celebrations and, and everything afterwards. But yeah, so I wimped out. But Sid, let's see. So Zach, you chose for your, for your USA player, um, Michael Bradley, uh, not Michael Bradley, you chose. Oh, easy there. Sid chose Michael Bradley, and you chose the Deuce. Absolutely, Clint Dempsey. The correct answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, so Sid, uh, I want to know what Sid said that was so wrong that you had to come back, come back with this. Okay, so, so if somebody, whoever somebody's favorite player is, I mean, that's just a matter of opinion. I mean, you're. Your favorite player can be some guy on the end of the bench who hardly ever plays, but you love how he hustles when he gets out there. 
So, you know, so you, you love them. Like that's, that's fine. Like your, your favorite personal preference is, is your own thing. Right. But, we got one but guy. Sid said, yeah. But Sid said that Michael Bradley was a better soccer player than Clint Dempsey. And I was so offended that I wanted to have a podcast right then. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have it. <laughs> Sid? <laughs> sure. Sure. So to, to me, and again, if we're being sort of in the, in the, trying to be in the world of, of analytics here, to me, best means most important, most important to the team. I think Michael Bradley was the most important player to the U.S. I think he's the reason they achieved some of the things they did, and he is well, missing the World Cup. Yeah, I think he had a lot to do with that. <laughs> Ooh. So anyways, since Ooh. <laughs> since since Clint Dempsey showed so much, and the, you know the team achieved so much when he was there that they didn't say before he was or before he was prominent when Landon Donovan was the guy up front. And, you know, when the team achieved its best result, Donovan was the centerpiece of the team. Um, I, I think I think Michael Bradley was the heart and soul of the team. And I think when he has been given the keys to the car, he was the reason that the team played, like, attractive football it didn't play the style that everybody associates the U.S. with, which is try and score off a corner and defend for 89 minutes, which is what I think most people think of as U.S. soccer. They think of it as sort of American football. Again, Clint Dempsey, very talented. I, In, in my belief, I think we have more Clint Dempsey's than we do Michael Bradley's. And I think we tried to be a style team we have tried to move in that direction and i think the results have correspondingly tailed off and we when we get back to sort of appreciating more of heart and soul uh i think that's when the team has been more successful okay so i think that there is something to be said for the shift stylistically, which I think Jurgen Klinsmann actually had a lot to do with. I mean, I think that it's very fashionable to beat up on Jurgen Klinsmann, but I think he did some very positive things for the national team. Um, but I, I, I think that one, I mean, there's a, there's a reason why Dempsey's been the USSF, uh, male athlete of the year three times and Bradley's only been at once. Um, it, Bradley's issue, I think, is is twofold, and I think it goes beyond just the national team. Uh, that one, I I don't think his particular combination of attributes actually adds up to a clear midfield position, which is what I wanted to ask you about because I think that he's he he's not a good enough defender to be a six. He's not athletic enough to be. Uh, he's not good enough with the ball at his feet. Uh, carrying the ball to be an eight. He's not athletic enough to be a 10. Um, and then the, the other thing is that when we brought Bruce Arena back, which was the stupidest thing ever, <laughs> Michael Bradley, as the captain of the team, as the person who you say should be the personification of this 
desire to play more attractive football comes out and he's a yes man for arena the whole time he's there. And to me, real leadership isn't just being a yes man for the guy who's carrying the team in the wrong direction. It's saying, no, this is not who we are anymore. Let's not be that. So I, I distinctly didn't see that leadership there. I've got a gif saved on, saved on my phone of Bradley's pathetic effort on in the buildup that led to the goal that knocked us out of the World Cup against Trinidad and Tobago that I'm sure I'll find a way to drop into the the thread when we post out this 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 podcast but I just I don't think as a as a player I think Bradley's deeply flawed and doesn't have a clear position and as a leader I I just where was his leadership when we needed it to get to the World Cup I didn't see it I I hold him largely responsible for that because at that point, in, at that point in the cycle, Dempsey, as a year, who was a player who was a couple years older, who had been stripped of the captaincy, didn't have that same influence in leading the team that Bradley did, and it was on Bradley's watch that we missed the World Cup. And I knew I hold it against him. Okay, but I'm all right. I'm, <laughs> going, to jump, I'm going to jump in here before Sid and give Sid a little more time to marshal his thoughts because you made a bunch of points here. I think yeah, you you made you made also a bunch of bunch of rather apologetic points on behalf of Dempsey when he was present at the same time. So it's inter- interesting the apportionment of blame on that. Yeah, okay. You so, go ahead, Alan. All right, well, I I want to say a couple of things about about this because I, I'm and and it, first of all, I mean I think Bradley Bradley I don't know what. Being the former, i.e. coach before Klinsman's son, I don't really know how much ability he would have felt to have come out and challenged Bruce Arena. I, I really don't know that. I mean, I don't, becoming anything other than a yes man, I think would have been very difficult for him. Um, I also want to say that I think when Bradley's decline was pretty significant pretty quickly. And no question that by the time we got around to the last World Cup qualifying, he was not the player he had been four or six years before. I, I, I admit I'm a player who, I'm a, I'm a fan who tends to watch players in midfield more than I watch strikers when I watch a game. And, um, you know, Bradley was, you know, in his heyday, I think a tremendous player. I don't, you know, so I will say that. I think he was probably in a difficult position being the son of a former coach. I will also say that. But I'll let Sid defend him the rest of the way. Well, I think the simplest answer on his best position, I think, has been when he's sitting behind a front two strikers. So when he was sitting behind and able to, so, you know, maybe in, in, and I'm not comparing him on the basis of being as talented at all, but just one of his skill sets is playing diagonal balls. And I think where we have tried to put Santi on the pitch is a similar place to where I think Bradley has been successful. He is an okay holding midfielder. He's a heck of a lot better when he's able to sort of spring things into transition. I think he's very good at doing that. Um, he completes like 20% of his tackles. He's not a good holding midfielder. 
Agreed. Agreed. But he was played there, and a large part of it was because I don't think we felt like we could count on anybody. We had a lot of the more like, okay, I can go forward. Didn't have as many people we felt were as committed, and I think that's why he got put there. And I agree with you. He was bad in that position. But, you, again, as a coach, you're supposed to figure out the best place to put your players. Um, and I don't think that happened with him. When it did, though, it was good. Um, I think one other point, though, and, again, I think you're sort of absolving Dempsey of blame and putting everything squarely on Bradley is kind of funny when, if we're saying Dempsey was the elder statement who commanded respect. I will also say I am a fan of players who I think are a little bit more vocal, and I feel like Dempsey, you know, particularly, I would say, in two situations. One, I just, you know, he was always kind of the guy you felt like, hey, like, show some more emotion, man. Like, Try and try and get your players, you know, like yell at people. Sometimes it actually is helpful when you're a leader to do that. But I think the other thing, the one situation I can recall with Dempsey is I don't feel like whether we thought this was the right decision or not, I feel like he kind of hid with the whole decision to drop Donovan for the World Cup. I don't mm. feel like he was out there taking it. Well, that was the right decision. Issue. If you say so, but but anyway, say so. I think I think as the leader of the team to hide about the issue is not the right decision, though. So it's really funny. It's really great that you mentioned Dempsey as this person that like doesn't show emotion and yells at his teammates. When literally this past week, the Athletic published an entire article that was nothing but quotes from Dempsey's former teammates on the national team and on the club level talking about Dempsey. And Dempsey's willingness to get up in his teammates' faces and bring fire and emotion to the locker room was the defining attribute of the entire article. I mean, you can go look it up. I can link it in one of our articles if you'd like me to. It was the, it was the defining attribute of who, who Clint Dempsey is. So I, I think you might read that article and change your mind about who your favorite player is because if that's what you're looking for, that's Clint Dempsey all day long. Okay. So I think another point we discuss was talking about Europe, <laughs> and hands down, Michael Bradley's career in Europe was better. That's that's for you can use any ridiculous. stat you want. Go ahead and find me one that shows Dempsey's career was better because it wasn't. Okay. He played he played in worse he played for worse teams. He played in a fewer number of leagues. He played wow, in you fewer number of this. seasons. He you know the ultimate you, best club. You, you haven't researched this, and I'm excited. I'm excited because <laughs> you haven't researched this. This is awesome. Absolutely. So, I have. so, so first of all, first of all, you've already, I, I do want to make a point and not, not let it get too far. You, you talked about Michael Bradley as being like a Santi Gazzola type role. I'd like to point out that Michael Bradley attempts less than one dribble per 90 and Santi can, attempts like three. So from a stylistic standpoint, for a midfielder being that far up the field, uh, Santi's bringing something uh, an element that Bradley just does not have in his game um, that allows him to play that far forward. And that's part of the, one of the reasons why Bradley doesn't really work that far forward. But just talking about their, um, just talking about their, their careers in Europe. So I, tell I, me, I, just, just start with one question. Did Bradley play more seasons in Europe and did Dempsey play at a better team than at Roma? No. 
Okay. No. Wait. Here we go. So first of all, more seasons in Europe. The reason why Michael Bradley has more seasons in Europe is because his daddy, the coach, told him as an 18-year-old to go to, to the Netherlands instead of going to college like Dempsey did. So if you really want to talk about playing for a okay but not great team in the in the Netherlands as an 18, 19, and 20-year-old and playing one whole 90 minutes as an 18-year-old and nine whole 90 minutes as a as a 19-year-old and then finally getting some playing time in the Netherlands as a 20-year-old counts as like three whole extra seasons that gives him more than Dempsey, congratulations. But then he went to Borussia okay, Mönchengladbach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Furman is really a well-known um, feeder. <laughs> then, then, hold on. I'm talking us. I'm talking us through. I'm talking us through. You have to concede points when you're wrong, though, buddy. So, so I'm playing not, at Furman, what? playing at Furman versus playing at Heronbeam. Oh, I think Heronbeam's a little bit better. And by the way. The competition you play with in practice when you're an 18, 19, and 20-year-old, when you go to Herondine, rather than not challenging yourself and staying in the U.S., that's also a good thing. And but, I think okay. we're seeing – hold on, hold, hold on. on. We're seeing a lot more of that with the younger generation in the U.S. being willing to go and play at second division teams in England or go play in Holland – there's a reason this is the best young generation of talent we have have ever had in the U.S., and it's because they're all willing to make decisions like Bradley did, not the decision that was comfortable like Dempsey did. But in Dempsey, but Dempsey in 2001 didn't have a didn't have his daddy who was in the business to go map out his career for. So yeah. so let's keep going through let's keep going through that, Bradley. That, that is an ad hominem attack. That is kind of a personal attack. I don't think you have any. I don't think you have any basis to say that that was caused by his dad. But let's uh, that, go. That, that's that's pretty unfair. Yeah, I, I I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna give Bradley the, I mean it'd be if you're gonna give Bradley the put him in a position because his father was a coach. I, I yeah, I mean. I don't know. There are plenty of players whose dads don't coach for the national team who've also gone to Europe. So I don't know. Now, now, not in 2001 when Clint Dempsey was 17 years old. No. I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, now you're, now this is, this is. Not I, in 2001. Okay. Now, 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 after, after he finally got some playing time in the Dutch league as a 20 year old and moved to the Bundesliga, he played in three seasons in the Bundesliga. For the 15th best team, the 12th best team, and the 16th best team in the Bundesliga. And then in 2010-2011, my favorite thing in this whole saga happened. He got loaned to Aston Villa, who was behind, who was behind Fulham in the Premier League. And that year at Fulham, Clint Dempsey was one of their very best players. He played, he played, started 35 league matches, had 12 goals and four assists as a forward. And Michael Bradley could not get on the field for Aston Villa in the Premier League. He literally could not get on the field. Okay. So then, point so to then, the, okay. <laughs> I, I want a counterpoint from Sid now. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, okay. He had been in Europe for five or six years before this, right? Okay. I, I also appreciate the highlight of our European career is playing at Fulham. 
my it's god. not. It's not. Like, I haven't goodness, gotten that goodness. Yet. Hold, hold on. Like, oh my gosh, you might have to compete with like Casey Keller's European career. Now. Oh my goodness, you might good? have to score world class goals against Juventus that everybody remembers for decades later. What in the world? Playing for four. I don't. I don't think everybody remembers anything about Clint Dempsey's European career, but I think I think that would be a broad overstatement. He wasn't in probably, you know. He, so I, I'm I don't so think glad. His European career was that memorable. We know we have one Villarreal employee who's a big Fulham fan, so he'll probably remember Clint Dempsey for those. Yes. So, nobody. Yes. I, okay. I am so glad. I am so glad that you brought up his time at Roma, because uh, because first because before he got to Roma, he spent a year at Chievo where they finished tenth in Serie A. Then he goes to Roma. He went he went there because he was awesome at Kievo and that team oh, he, was very good. He, yeah. He was he had a very good year at Kievo, okay? Hey, you he said goes to nice Roma. about him. It's not that hard. He, got, <laughs> he goes he goes to Roma, right? Plays plays uh Gets twenty four point five nineties in in his in his first year at Roma. They finished sixth, right? And and meanwhile, meanwhile, Dempsey's playing for uh, Fulham, and they're finishing they're they're finishing top half of the they're, they're finishing top half of the Premier League every year. The year that Roma finished sixth with Clint Dempsey at the helm was twenty twelve twenty thirteen. That year, uh, Clint Dempsey was at Tottenham Hotspur. Who finished fifth in the better English Premier League, and Clint Dempsey got more playing time at Tottenham than Michael Bradley got at Roma. Yeah, then think, think Roma's Michael a Bradley's last year, Roma's a bigger club, and, then, and I they think, weren't as good that year. They they just weren't as good that year. And then Michael Bradley's last year, Roma was truly good. Michael Bradley's last year, Roma finished second in Serie A. So let's all give a great applause for Michael Bradley and the 6.290s he played all season. So when Roma actually got good, Bradley got buried on the bench and couldn't find any playing time. Meanwhile, Clint uh, so, so what, what was what was Clint doing? The high point of his career, two seasons at Spurs. The the, the high uh, well the high point of his career is either. Contributing to 23 Premier League goals for, for Fulham in, in the 2011-2012 season, which I haven't seen any other American do that in Europe, uh, including Christian Pulisic, who I love, but ain't there yet. Um, and then, and then in 2000- You're saying Dempsey at Fulham was better than Pulisic at Dortmund? Are you out of your mind? I, I'm right. the numbers. Anyway, that, now now that we're comparing Dempsey and Pulisic, we have a whole another discussion to have. Oh, Pulisic like, is way more talented than Clint Dempsey and will be the better player. But Christian Pulisic has never had more than five goals in any league he's played in since coming to Europe. So the kids got the kids still got room to grow. Okay, he's also mm-hmm. not really a goal scorer. Right. Okay. He's never so, had more than five. So, okay. So he's had the, mo- the most assists he's ever had in one season. Uh, what, the most goals he's contributed to total in a season in Europe, Christian Pulisic, was 10 in 2016-2017. Okay. 
Okay. So for, for it, a much, much better team that was like, you know, playing in Champions League finals around that time. So and competing no, for Bundesliga. They were not titles. playing in Champions They were like four years removed from playing in Champions League finals. Well, they have but, been competing for Bundesliga titles for like a decade, which I, I mean, don't I point point cool. being Pulisic, Pulisic long term is going to be the better player, but he, he still, like, we're talking about Clint Dinsey. Clint Dinsey is America's all-time leading goal scorer in Europe. Well, like, well, okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, Brian McBride. Fulham. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, are we going to argue Brian McBride is is the was the great greatest American player? I mean, he scored thirty some goals for Fulham. Uh, I mean, when we're talking about, we're, 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 I mean, Brian McBride never had never had double digit goals in the English Premier League. I mean, I, I think you're talking about something different there. Um, you know, he was a he was a fine Premier League player. But he was never, he was never put up the kind of numbers that, that Clint Dempsey did in the English Premier League. He did. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm just, I'm saying, look, in, in five years, in five years, Christian Pulisic is going to be so much better than, than all these guys that it's, it's really, it's going to be, oh yeah, remember the good old days when like, you know, we were talking about, you know, Clint Dempsey as, as one of our best forwards of all time. Like Pulisic is going to change all that. And I think a lot of the players, in this current generation are going to really change the narrative of how we think about Americans in Europe. But the Michael Bradley just absolutely did not accomplish. Uh, Michael Bradley has, has never, has never appeared in European competition. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't see how you make the case that he's, that he was the better player than Clint Dempsey when the majority of Clint Dempsey's career appearances were in Europe in the English Premier League, and the majority of Michael Bradley's career appearances have been in MLS. Like I don't, I don't even think I don't even see how you can compare the two. Are mm. you sure? I, actually, I'm not sure about that on Dempsey, right? Because he started in MLS and finished in MLS. Dempsey, okay, I've got his record here. So Dempsey, for what it's worth, I mean, I hate to um, his his highest goal scoring. That I see here in the Premier League was five in 2008, 2009. No. Huh? 2011, 2012, Clint Dempsey had 17 goals and six assists. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong number. I'm looking at, okay, 17. In 2011, 2012, yes. And 12 and 2010, 11. He scored 50 goals overall for Fulham. Um, and then he went, he had the one year with Tottenham and then he then he went to Seattle, where he became beloved of our friend Ravi, and had 47 goals in five six years. Michael Bradley had 15 goals for Heronveen in 2007-2008. Um, I guess you know a different position, but he never scored. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about whether or not Michael Bradley scores as many goals as Clint Dempsey. That's not a comparison to make. I mean, he's a different. He's playing a different role. It is. Yeah, all right, but the question is, did he what? Did he ever play in Europe? Yeah, he did for Heronveen. He didn't didn't for any of the other teams that I can see. 
So, and, and, and Dempsey has had 404 career, uh, senior team appearances. And, um, my very poor math brain is, is calculating out some numbers here. 213 of them were in the English Premier League. So the majority of his career appearances were in what is yeah. one of the top looks two like, leagues. Looks like a little bit more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting yeah. though, Bradley has 10 more caps than, than Dempsey. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from making any father references on that one. <laughs> okay. Um Okay, well all right. Yeah, I mean I look at I uh, here, let me let me let me say what I would just say in some okay. I think I think Clint Dempsey, even at his best, left you feeling like there was more. I think Michael Bradley gave you everything he had. I think he was misused for some parts of his career. And I think the ceiling there was not nearly as high. But I think most important to the team, I think you could have gotten closer replacement value from people who were not Clint Dempsey than you would have from people who are not Michael Bradley. Because we still can't figure it out right now in terms of being able to actually sort of control games. And when he was going, we were able to do that. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Look, Michael Bradley is, I think, the the – and we'll see where some of the guys in the current generation end up. But, but as it stands right now, Michael Bradley is probably the best central midfielder that the United States has ever had. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. But, and, and so I, like, you're, you're making this. Is, um, is, is Clint Dempsey better than Landon Donovan? Is even maybe a first question. Is Clint yeah. Dempsey a better striker than Landon Donovan? Yeah. And, and in fact, and in fact, I, I, I'll say this. What you talk about in terms of leaving it on the table, like to me, that's how I feel about Landon Donovan. I feel like Donovan was more talented than Dempsey, but he didn't get as much out of his talent as Dempsey got out of his. Um, but, you know, I, I, if you want to make an argument over who's more important in a national team poll that can't produce central midfielders to save their life, I mean, okay, I also have a, a, a roundtable going up this week where we talk about most posi- important position on the field, and somebody I know said striker. So, I, you know, the the – the, whether, regardless of who was more playing a more important position or this or that, Dempsey was a better player. Dempsey did more in Europe. Dempsey, Dempsey spent a larger percentage of his career in Europe and is on the very short list of players that, that, that foreign fans don't laugh at when they hear it's the American from that era that was over in Europe. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know how much credence a career at Fulham gets to be honest, but that's a that's a different question. I think oh. I think we we sort of were pigeonholed into okay, you have some guys who can sort of be physical enough to handle things in England. I think showing the ability to be able to play in Holland, in Italy, and in Germany is something a versatility. That is sore. That has sorely been lacking in our pool, 
And I think that was another thing with Dempsey. I think there was sort of, he had one style. There was one way he was doing things. And I think our sort of lack of versatility was part of the issue in terms of could we find ways to win games when we had to do something different? And I mean, Dempsey literally... Dempsey literally shifted to being an attacking midfielder late in his career for the national team and for, for Sounders. Like, he, he, he's saying he couldn't do more than one thing, but he literally changed positions and was quite good at it, by the way. I, you know, and, and I really think, I, I really think that your take on Fulham and their size and where, and what they are in, in the history of English football, uh, is very, um, very, skewed by what has happened to Fulham in the years post Dempsey and post some of the other guys they had. I mean, they're, they're, um, they're a very large English club. You know, they're, 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 they may not be as big as, as, as AS Roma, but during the, the, the respective eras, they were finishing just as well in a better league than AS Roma was. So. I mean, but they're not, they're not even Villarreal, right? In Spain. They'd be like Hitafe. Mm, well, they'd be. I, I don't think that's fair. They'd be more like Betis. Maybe. I mean, I think they have a they have a very good. I mean, Thomas and Virial could comment more about this, but you know, Fulham have a very good fan base. They have a very, they have a nice history. They also have a history of cycling between the first and second divisions a lot, which is kind of similar to Betis. Uh, and when they and they have had success um, on the on the pitch, um, but I think they've. I frankly think some of their finest moments have come when they've been able to sort of survive in the first division, not compete for Europe. That's no, that's but not my reaction. It's also worth it's also worth pointing out. It's also worth pointing out that, that Clint Dempsey was a regular starter on literally the best team that Fulham ever had. Um, so I mean, he, he was, he played a significant role in what Fulham, like, if you talk about, if you talk to, go to, go to AS Roma fans, you bring up Michael Bradley, like they'll remember he was there, but I mean, you bring up Clint Dempsey at Fulham and you're, 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 to their fans, he's going to be one of the guys that was a centerpiece to one of their, Best eras in the, you know, in, in the modern, in, you know, in the last 30, 40 years. Um, and you know, I think, I think there's something to be said for that as well. I, that's a fair point. I mean, I, that's a fair point because Bradley had, um, he, I mean, he really had two good seasons in Serie A, um, with first with Chievo and then, and then that 2012, 13 year with Roma. And I remember at the time, uh, I'd have to go back and look in our archives, but you know, we were talking one of the summers. I mean, his name came up about, you know, would he be a good Virial, um, acquisition because he had been that impressive in Syria. Um, you're probably right that, that, um, that, uh, Dempsey is going to be remembered more at Fulham than, um, than would Bradley at Roma. I yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of struggling. I mean, Roma is so much bigger of a club than Fulham. What are, what are, I mean, I'm really struggling with that one. 
Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't say that with a straight face to any European football fan. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying that, that they're having, that it's a bigger club. I'm saying that while they were there, they were for, for the most part, a, an upper half of the table team in a better league than what Roma plays in. And Dempsey was a more important player. I mean, if if Michael Bradley had spent eight years at Roma, like I think your point would 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 matter more. But when you're talking about a guy that you know really only had what one season where he really got a lot of playing time at Roma, and like oh he hit this bigger club, like okay he hit this bigger club and they weren't that great that year, and then he got shoved to the bench the next year when they actually were good. I mean, what? Why am I blown away by that? I mean, they were sixth, right, in Serie A. I would say that's 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 quite a jump from being around the top half in the EPL. They, they, they were they were sixth, and he played he played uh, he played like. But there's a reason he got to Roma, right? He was a very good player at Chievo, who was an up and coming side in Serie A. So, like in say Germany where the top few clubs cherry pick the best players from the prior year and bring them up. He was being recognized as being one of the best players. Yeah, but what you're pointing at, you're pointing at this one year at Chievo and this one year where he was kind of playing regularly at Roma. And I'm pointing to like the majority of Dempsey's career where he was a regular starter in a better league. Well, uh, and also less competition, right, for his place. Like again, Brian McBride was at Fulham too. Like we're not we're not saying Fulham is putting out worldies everywhere, such that you know Dempsey was going to be sitting fourth on the bench up front. Like Louis Saha, Louis Saha is in Fulham's team of the decade. I mean, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be blown away because Michael Bradley got 24 starts one year and then got benched the year after that. Like that <laughs> okay. That's what I'm supposed to be like. <laughs> Hold on. So, so Louis Saha is up front in the Fulham team of the decade. Oh, so is Brian McBride. Oh, one of the best players there. Luis Boamorte is one of the leading wingers in the Fulham team of the decade. Danny Murphy and Musa Dembele. And, yeah, oh, Edwin Vanderstar is there. That's like a name. Nope. I don't know that we'd have heard of any. Oh, Brede Hangeland was oh, the center be... back of the decade at Fulham at this time. So this is, you know, like a, a legendary team. They did make the Europa League final. Okay, all right. I mean, I really think looking at the two, th- this has been a lot of fun. I've been just enjoying sitting back listening to you guys. Um, I mean, a lot of it really does come down, I think, to the whole question of sort of career paths, doesn't it? I mean, if Dempsey, whether you, you know, you're, you're hanging your hat on the fact, Zach, that he, that he had, he basically had what, eight years in the EPL, right? He had the majority, the majority of his career was in one of the top two leagues on earth. Right. And Bradley had, I would say, 10 years of his career over three of 
three good leagues. If you want to throw out the Eredivisie, then maybe Bundesliga and Serie A, seven years. I mean, Bradley was more traveled, no question. And the fact that he didn't, the longest he ever stayed anywhere was four years. And that was, that was at Munchen Gladbach when he went on loan for half a season, I think. So. And also, Dempsey's was, was six years and it was one year at a top club. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I guess the other question, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting question. I can see both sides of it, which I, I think you both made very good cases. Um, yeah, I, I think the question maybe going forward is, as as Zach said, I mean, you know, hopefully Polisic and and um, and uh, other American and Sargent and all that Tyler Adams, yeah, are holding this this model. I mean, you know, and maybe that maybe we're going to be looking back in five or ten years and kind of laughing about how we ever thought one of these two was. You know, the best ever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I think the 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 legacy of it will be yes, Clint Dempsey is a well known name to EPL fans because obviously the EPL, far and away, particularly at that time, was the league that American soccer fans knew. Mm-hmm. But like you say, on the career path. The reason we are getting our golden generation of players is because people made Michael Bradley's decision to go and suck it up and sit at the back of a bench in Europe for a couple of seasons rather than. But ironically, ironically, that was because of Jurgen Klinsmann, not because of Bob Bradley. Ironically. I mean, Jurgen Klinsmann came in and started pushing people that direction. From further to the point that Bob Bradley and Michael Bradley aren't the same person, right? So that doesn't that doesn't weigh the sort of ad hominem attack before. The, the by, point by the way, is making making that decision in the long run is going to be the way that that the the game grows here at the highest level. So I think there's some recognition as well for for you know taking on that challenge at a young age. By the way, neither one of them are the, are, are, are the United States' best player ever in Europe. That goes to Tim Howard. Yeah. Just, just right. yeah. in terms sure. of you know, Casey of, Keller or Brad Guzan or. Yeah. Well, no, no, uh, how, we've had a bunch of goalkeepers that have had a lot of success in Europe. Yeah. In, in, I mean, Tim Howard has been there for at Everton was how many years? Uh, I think he was there for almost a decade. He made over he made over three hundred appearances with him. Yeah, yeah, right. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, ten years. And he had been at Manchester United for a couple of years before that, including one where he made thirty-two appearances. So if we're just going to go in terms of appearances um, in a top-flight league. Yeah, the goalkeepers would be would be the. Well, and, and I think Tim Howard, peak Tim Howard was the only time in soccer history that America could really say, we've got one of the top ten in the world at X position. You know, um, I think that was Tim Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that's, that's, that's fair enough. Well, any, any last thoughts, Sid, before we, we wrap up here? No, but I'm, I, I appreciate that, uh, that, that Zach said something nice about Michael Bradley by the end of it. 
Yeah, you know, and, and you said some nice well, things Clint Benson by the end of it, so it's good. And I'm saying I, I want to make abundantly clear, like Michael Bradley was a very, very good player by American standards. He just wasn't as good as Clint Dempsey. Okay. All right. I mean I, I if I had answered the question if I had answered the question the way we were supposed to answer the question, I would have picked Tim Howard, so fine. <laughs> There you go. So that, <laughs> unsurprisingly, Alan takes the diplomatic approach. I'm a, right. <laughs> I, I, ma- I majored in political science all those years ago for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so for Sid and for Zach, thank you very much for listening to our USA edition of the Virial USA podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be back with you again before too long. Put put Alan put Alan right in the middle on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need like a recording.